I had this idea to do a three-part series. I had a few different ideas for topics, but I decided to pull you guys and see what you want from me. Now you gave the option of dealing with the ex, your stepkids, marriage, mindset, or dealing with your triggers. Something along those lines. I forget what I said in the poll. Anyway, you guys picked mindset and triggers, which I love because you know me, I'm all about digging deep and taking radical responsibility for your life, even when so many things feel outside of your control. So I did it. I did a series and it is available right now for stepmoms in my membership. Right now, you can join for just $9.99, and for a limited time, members get access to a quick and dirty three-part series to help you feel more in control, to understand and minimize your stepfamily triggers, to get a hold of your reactions, to change your perspective about your stepfamily life. It is really freaking good. Now, this isn't just fluff either. We dive deep, and I walk you through how to get really clear on what's going on for you. Now, if you've ever had a reaction to your stepfamily stress that you're not proud of, or you want to feel more positive, but just can't seem to make that happen, this three-part series is for you. Members, you're going to find it in the library when you log into your account. And if you're not a member, but want access, head to jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership to join. There's no obligations. And if it's not right for you, you can cancel anytime. Hey, it's Jamie Scrimger. When I became a stepmom, I quickly realized that while moms are encouraged to keep it real, there's a big double standard when it comes to stepmoms. So I decided to start the conversation myself. Thriving as a stepmom doesn't just come from conversations about being a stepmom now. Here we dive into marriage, relationships, personal growth, and more. My mission, inspire you to live a kick-ass life while bringing you along as I create my own. This is the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. Guys, today's episode is with a pinch me guest. Leanne Rhymes is on the show. I will never forget the first time that I saw Leanne Rhymes was following me. She had liked one of my photos and I was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? How cool is that? And you know, since then we have gone back and forth on Instagram. She hosted me on her podcast, The Holy Human Podcast, which I will link in the show notes if you didn't catch that episode. And now... Two years after trying to align our schedules, she is finally on the show. Now, here's the thing. We look at these stars online and we think that they have this life that is different than ours. And, you know, they have it all together. Maybe they don't experience things the same way as we do because they are so famous. But the real human experience is similar for everyone. Famous country singer or not. In this episode, Leanne and I talk about her experience as a stepmom, the healing that it forced her to do, how she dealt with her personal life being blasted in the media, the narratives that it created, boundaries, personal values, and that outsider feeling that so many stepmoms get. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Let's dive in. Leanne Rhymes, welcome to the podcast. I can't even believe this. I know. I'm so excited to be on yours. You were on mine not long ago. so Yeah, that was such a great conversation. I'll actually link it for those who have maybe didn't hear us chat. But yeah, that was a good one. My husband listened to it like four times. <laughs> really? That's cool. I wonder why I went back for it. Was there stuff that he found for himself that yeah. was interesting? There were two things that you said that he really loved. You said you can't control the heart because mm. I have said once... 
well, more than once about how, you know, maybe if you knew what you knew, you wouldn't do things. Like I've talked about that as my own stepmom experience, mm-hmm. right? Like I didn't know how this was going to feel and what it would entail and all the challenges. And when I said that to you on the episode, you were like, well, you know, I don't know, like you can't control your heart. Like, you know, <laughs> it's true. It's easy to say that, but would you really? And so he loves that. And he says that to me, he'll say that to me, Aww. like in our conversations now. So like he's, you're being quoted in our home. I love that. <laughs> the other thing he said was the disengaging without disconnecting, mm, which mm-hmm. he thought was super powerful too. Just, and we can dive into that in the conversation. Yeah, but yeah for sure. Darren's a fan. <laughs> Thanks, Darren. Yeah, it's so funny. I'm like, what are you, are you listening to that episode again? He's like, I just love it. He's so funny. Oh, so sweet. Awesome. So I would love to actually dive into something that I read you had said in a previous interview. And it was talking about your just experience as a stepmom and how it's been interesting because being involved in your stepson's lives was very different because you had a very different childhood. Can you elaborate on that a little bit to get us started? Yeah, I had a obviously a very interesting childhood. And, you know, I started touring when I was 13 and really kind of grew up on stage from the time I was five. And I was an only child too. So I, one, never had a sibling. So to have siblings, you know, they were, my stepsons were two and six when they first entered my lives. And the sibling thing was just like, whoa, first off, because, you know, here's two boys like beating the crap out of each other. And I'm like, Eddie, is this supposed to happen? Like, I don't know. I've never had to deal with that, you know, Um, having another little human in the house. And then I I talked to my girlfriends who were like, oh, yeah, we used to beat the crap out of each other. when We were little. (laughs) it's like, okay, so I know, I know I'm dealing with like, this is normal. So that was one thing that was really interesting. And then, you know, growing up too, like I did, like I didn't have a normal childhood. And for myself, I was very imaginative. And I was I had, you know, imaginary friends that I played with, I learned a lot on my own. And so, you know, to just watch them as young kids, that have each other that were allowed to be children, you know, I mean, I worked from the time I was, you know, a kid. So I had a lot of responsibility on me. And to see them have this normal, quote unquote, normal childhood where they were allowed to be children was really confronting for me for a long time. I had some definite resentment there that I didn't, I didn't know was there at first. But of course, all my years of therapy that I started to dive into, especially, you know, in this new family unit and learning how to find my groove with it, I realized there was some resentment that came up there because I, I never got that kind of childhood. And to see Eddie with them, just allowing them to be children, it was something I had to work through at the very beginning. But it was also really beautiful because I got to see, I never really understood what I missed out on until then. I never understood mm-hmm. what a normal childhood looked like or how to allow children to be children. And so they taught me so much. My relationship with them has been such a huge catalyst for growth and like in so many ways. But, you know, I remember when they were little and wanted to play and sometimes I'd be like, I don't, I don't know how to do this. It almost felt like I had no clue like what they needed or what they wanted because I was still in like work mode 90% of the time. So I had to learn how to, to play again. And when they were little, I was also so afraid because, you know, I'm a stepmom and being in 
being in that position can be really stressful when they're little. And at first, you know, Jake was two. I'm like, am I going to break them? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, and there's someone else's kids and you're like, wait, am I, you know, there's just such complexity to that time in my life and first being around them and all the things that it opened up for me, all the lessons that it taught me. It just was a really big invitation for growth in so many ways. That really hits home for me too, because there were so many things about my childhood that I was like, didn't realize bothered me, didn't realize had Mm -hmm. impacted me or that I had any trauma around. And then all of a sudden I was a stepmom and (laughs) I was like, oh, actually this is a huge thing. And this is a bunch of stuff that I really, really need to work through. So that really Mm -hmm. hits home. Was it hard to be like in a house with a bunch of kids? Cause I don't know about you. That's what I found. I was like, it's so noisy. Like everything is so busy. (laughs) There's stuff everywhere. Mm -hmm. And for me, like not having kids before, you know, you know, not having that experience, it's like, why would I ask you to put your shoes away? Like, do I have to ask a hundred times, but you don't realize that's actually normal. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like just even like understanding what's normal and parenting. Yes. My skew of normal was like so far off, (laughs) you know, that I, I really had to learn through Eddie and watching him parent to kind of teach me what normalcy looked like. We had a, we had a lot of those conversations early on, like you were saying, can't they just pick up their stuff and all those, like you said, normal things. But when you're, you know, when you've been an only child and then you've kind of been the ruler of your own household with no kids around, it throws a different kind of wrench into things. And Mm -hmm. I learned to let go a lot more having kids around. It was just for me, I had either had to surrender to it or it would drive me absolutely nuts. So I started to really appreciate the mess. That's been a huge life lesson for me is like, can I let myself be messy and be seen in the mess? Like that's as a recovering perfectionist. It's like I, uh, even when I sing, even when I'm, when I'm learning things, like I don't like people to see my process. I like them to see the end results. And I think this has been such a huge, huge lesson for me is like to allow things to be messy, to allow myself to be messy. And kids teach you how to do that. Mm-hmm. They do that so well. They do <laughs> what well. would you say your, what was your biggest trigger at the very beginning? Like when it came to like in the home? In the home? Oh, that's a good question. Oh my gosh, I really don't know. I didn't really. That means you've come a long way. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's true. I think it was mostly the chaos of the situation that we were in that was the biggest trigger. You know, feeling like an outsider. I think stepmoms and any step parent can feel very much like an outsider. And I think that's something I've dealt with kind of my whole life. So that was another one of those things that like stick a knife in and twist it even further because I, I did feel like an outsider. I did, even though that this was my family now, it took several years to feel like, oh, this is my family and I am a part of this family, especially, you know, when in my situation, I was told through media, through so many people that, you know, these aren't your kids is like over and over. These aren't your kids. This isn't your family. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, it took a good three or four years for me to really go, oh yeah, no, I can settle in here and I am a part of this family and we are blended and this is how it is. And so I think that was a really big trigger for me at the beginning was just feeling like I don't belong here. And I still, it still brings up sadness for me because I, I think 
not only for myself, but for all step parents, because I know that that can be a really, that's a challenge. It's a challenge to navigate, especially at the beginning. Yeah, for sure. I just posted something online the other day talking about, you know, what if you feel like an outsider because you are an outsider, even just like sinking into that and realizing that at the beginning, because I don't know about you, but when I dreamed of what my family was going to look like, it was the Mm -hmm. first family mentality. Like this is the roles. This is what this would look like. And what was really challenging for me is to accept the fact that my family is not going to function the way a first family functions. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning, I did feel like I, I will feel like an outsider because I'm coming in the middle of their story. Yeah, but that is true. In order to feel like an insider, I have to go in, right? Because that's mm-hmm. the problem. Sometimes we feel like an outsider. So then we kind of, you know, put our walls up and we take a step back. Mm-hmm. But then that makes us feel like even more of an outsider, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then there's also, I mean, for me, as I've gone on this journey, sometimes I enjoy being an outsider now. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, I will step out of the way and you guys have fun <laughs> and deal yeah. with it. And sometimes I, now I can see it can work to my benefit. But you're right. I think the more we get stuck in that story, which it is, there is a reality to that. No question about it. But the more we get stuck in that story and then continue to remove ourselves and put up walls, then you know we've solidified that story even more for ourselves and I think I definitely got caught in that at some point because I, you kind of start to build up walls because you don't want to get hurt, you know, mm-hmm. and putting yourself out there and in there when it comes to that very, di- there's a very dynamic energy that happens within a blended family. You can, you know, you're receiving the hurt, but I think that like you can't protect your heart. You can't control yeah. your heart. I think there's a protection there. Like you miss out on so much love if you're putting up those walls. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely think we have to take those risks and put ourselves in there. And then also know, you know, know when to step away. It's it's a funky role. <laughs> yeah, it's a dance. It is. Yeah. What was that like for you going through this transition, which is hard for any regular woman who's not, you know, being blasted in the media or it's not everyone's having like an opinion. Like, how, how did you deal with that? Because I, I can't imagine Yeah, lots of therapy. It was hard. It was really hard. Not gonna lie at all. And it's there's such a stigma around being a stepmother, you know, in in our society. And I've tried really hard to, you know, be honest and open about my experience and to try to break those, you know, some of those stigmas down. But we just live in a world where, you know, we want to pit women against each other. Simple as that. And people enjoy it. Like, you know, if I think about what I went through, it's like people made a lot of money off of that story, you know, mm-hmm. and they want to keep it going, but they don't realize there's actual human beings behind that. And there's children involved and people just don't care. They're just attached to drama. And there's a couple things I think that happened for me when I, when I started to realize that people's judgment is a reflection of them and not of me, I was really able to start to disconnect from the narrative and the drama, the more I would could be centered within myself and know who I am and that people's opinions aren't who I am. <laughs> and, you know, just because someone thinks it's true or that you've done something that's ill intentional doesn't mean that that is what happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, people just love to create a story and beat into the drama. And I think there was a one point where I'm like, wait, am I doing this? Like, am I this human being that everybody says I am? And 
I just, I feel like I didn't know who I was enough to recognize that, no, that's the story going on out there. And once I realized all of that, I started to really kind of protect my sanity, our sanity as a family, and just really disengage as much as I could from any kind of dramatization of whatever people were talking about that week. Mm -hmm. How did you guys protect the kids from that? It's challenging. I think we, in our house, like, you know, nothing was really ever talked about or seen. There was never a magazine like brought into the house. Like we just really kind of kept them from our side out of that as much as possible. But of course, when then they got on social media and they're able to see all the things and, um, I don't know. We really, we don't talk about it very much. Like I know they've made comments before here and there, but they almost laugh it off. Like they, they know who we are. They know how much love we have for them. And they also know how insane people can be. Yeah. And I think because of our actions and because of how they've grown up around us, that's what they know. They know that deep within their hearts, not what is said about us. And I think yeah, our actions have always spoken louder than anybody else's words. I love that. I also love what you were saying, how what's, who am I? Like what's true about me? Because it's mm. true when you're in, even at the beginning, like feeling insecure or, you know, people's judgments of even my relationship or anyone's relationship in a step-parent role, you can get caught in that narrative and almost like feel insecure about it. But then you're like, well, wait, no, actually that's not true. Right. And Mm -hmm. there's so much power in just being like, okay, but is that true? Yes. You know, like, cause we can just go in a tailspin on like something that's not even true. And, you know, some lady said in a tabloid or like at the arena or whatever it is. Right. And it's easier said than done though, to really be true to who you are. Oh, very much so. Very much so. And I mean, I feel like Man, at the especially at the beginning, there was a lot of gaslighting, you know, from outside, like toward me. And yeah, like there were some times that I can see where sometimes my actions might have been like someone could read something the wrong way. But every time, you know, I would step back and and really take inventory of myself of like, what is my intention here? And I think when I started to do that, I used to, I got really clear on you know, that my intention was more and more for peace and love, you know, Mm -hmm. is to create a loving, peaceful environment for everybody around me. And only, you know, I can only control my emotions and my intent and my heart. You can't control everybody else. And so, but sometimes I felt like I kind of took on everybody else's stuff. As stepmoms do. Yeah. As stepmoms do. So yeah, I had to become really clear in my intention with who I am. And I think that was a, you know, the very first several years of my relationship with Eddie and our our situation was my whole mind and and being was thrown into a tailspin of like, who am I? (laughs) Who am I? Who am I in the situation? Who am I in some of the choices that I made that I wasn't proud of? Like, you know, all of those things. I just started to really have to take inventory and figure out who I was. And once, once I really got settled in, in my own heart, it just, life became so much easier mm-hmm. and you're right. It's, and I started to be true to who I was and true to the love I have for my family. 
and whatever everybody was going to say about it was their issue. And yeah, it's, it's been a wild ride. It's been a really wild ride. And we're on what we'll be married 12 years in April. And yeah, some, some things I still don't feel settled on. Like some things it's still uncomfortable for me. Mm -hmm. And I still have people that tell me like, they are your kids. And then why aren't you having your own kids? <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> it's so interesting how people have such an opinion, eh? You know, it's... Oh, so such an opinion. And it's so interesting that, you know, like these are my kids in that they're my stepchildren and they're my family. So it's not mm-hmm. like I ever have thought like I need my own child in order to be validated, like as a woman or as a mom or a stepmom. It's never crossed my mind, but it seems to cross a lot of other people's minds, which I find so fascinating about our society. Yeah. You know what I find really fascinating? You know, you're saying, well, they're not your kids, but then when you don't step up and act like they're your own kids, then you're, you know, crucified because you didn't treat them like they're your own kids. So it's like, right. You're supposed to treat them like they're your own, but remember they're not your own. So don't overstep, but make sure you love them like they're your own. The narrative really doesn't make a lot of sense. No, it doesn't. I mean, for me, it's just like, how can I open my heart to another human being mm-hmm. and love all human beings, you know? And gosh, I mean, having kids that aren't your own, I mean, it's taught me how to open my heart up in a completely new way mm-hmm. that is such a gift because if you're not a step parent, you don't really ever have that opportunity to love someone else's child in that way and to open your home and your life to them. And it, for me, expanded my heart in a way that I'm sure as a, like, I don't know the expansion of that love as a mom and having a child of my own, Mm -hmm. but I do know that that's a totally different expansion that is similar that a lot of people don't have the opportunity to experience. It has been such a gift for me. It's Mm -hmm. shown me the capacity in which I can love and to me, it's not about whose kids are whose. It's just, can I be present? Can I be loving? And can I support these young men in becoming beautiful human beings? Like that's ultimately it. Yeah. And speaking of young men, they're young men now. They are. You're in the teenage, right? How old are they then now? So I'm trying to do the math. They're 19 and Jake will be 16 actually in April. So yeah, they're full on teenage boys. I mean, Mason is, Mason's an adult now, a little adult. I mean, I say little, he's six, six. (laughs) I know. You know what's interesting? Six, six. Holy, he's tall. Six, six. Yeah. He's massive. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. So my stepsons are 18 and my other stepson just turned 16 today, actually. So I I hear you. Yeah. It's crazy. He was like the baby, right? Like when I came, he was five. Mm Mm-hmm. And so you, you get this, like they were little babies, like baby yeah. boys. And then it's like, now they're, you know, the one who's like, do you have a mustache? Like what's going on here? Like, are yeah. you a man? I know. <laughs> it is kind of crazy. I'm going to interrupt this episode really quickly to give you the inside scoop on brands and resources that I'm loving, who also help support the show. As you know, my mindset has really changed around the importance of a healthy lifestyle, and I have been making my health a huge priority. Now, over the last year or so, I have started to integrate some micro habits into my day to help me be healthier, more energetic, and to really change the way that I feel. 
Now, one of the micro habits that I have integrated is Element. Here's the deal. When you are deficient in electrolytes, it can cause headaches and cramps and fatigue and feelings of weakness. Straight up, it can make you feel like garbage. And having a sufficient amount of electrolytes in your system can regulate your appetite and curb cravings and overall just make you feel much better. Everyone needs electrolytes, especially those on low-carb diets or practicing intermittent fasting or physically active or sweat a lot. And a lot of the electrolyte drinks have sugar and artificial ingredients and coloring, which is not needed and unhealthy. Now get this, according to the FDA, over 70% of sodium in the typical US diet is consumed from packaged and processed food. Now you do need sodium, so when you adopt a whole food diet and you're eliminating the processed food and all of that crap, you actually eliminate a lot of the sodium from your diet. Now, obviously it's not recommended that you reintroduce the processed food, but not replacing that sodium can negatively impact how you feel, which is where Element comes in. So Element is a tasty electrolyte drink with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means a lot of salt with no sugar. Element is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited for anyone following a keto, low carb, or paleo diet. It has none of the junk, no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. I personally have Element every single day, mostly when I'm working out, but also when I'm feeling dehydrated or perhaps had some wine the night before. Now Element is offering a free sample pack with the purchase for my listeners when you order through my link. They have a money back guarantee, so if you don't like it, you can get your money back. And this sample pack allows you to taste the different flavors and just figure out what your favorite is. Personally, mine is watermelon and raspberry is a close second. So just head to www.drinkelement.com forward slash stepmom. That's drink lmnt.com forward slash stepmom to place your order and get your free sample pack. That's www.drinklmnt.com forward slash kickassstepmom. I want to tell you about something I'm doing for 2023. I'm going through my closet and getting rid of anything that does not represent my best self. If the best version of myself, the one that I dream about becoming, wouldn't wear it, or it doesn't make me feel confident and good, it is going in the donate pile or I'm selling it. That includes my loungewear. I am no longer into comfy clothes that make me feel like a slob kebab. I want to look cute. I want to look put together, even when I'm just chilling. So I have gone through my loungewear and purged. You want to know what's left? My Cozy Earth. I am not kidding when I tell you that Cozy Earth loungewear is next level. It washes perfectly, it fits well, and the quality is amazing. The breathable four-way stretch bamboo viscose fabric is temperature regulating and the most comfortable ever. If I were you, I would order the bamboo joggers and the ultra soft bamboo pullover crew. It's probably no surprise, I have it in black. I also have the ultra soft wide leg pullover pants and I'm obsessed. Also, if you wanna up your PJ game, the loungewear bamboo PJs are also unreal. All you have to do is head to cozyearth.com and use the code cozyjamie40 for 40% off your order. Yes, 40%, that's the biggest discount that they offer. Head to CozyEarth.com and use the code CozyJamie40 for 40% off. How has your relationship with them evolved as you've gone into like the teenage years? Because for me, I felt like all of a sudden the teenagers were a little bit of a different ball game. 
some like recalibrating. So yeah, I'm interested in your experience. Well, you know, going back to what we talked about at the beginning, the kid thing for me was like, okay, what do I do with these kids? Like, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how to play. I don't know what to do. But now that they're older, like I love hanging out with them and talking and like I have the greatest conversations and they're just a lot of fun to be around. It is a whole different for me. Like I'm almost, you know, as a stepmom, like I said, it's sometimes it's kind of nice to be a tiny bit removed. And I feel like, you know, I let their parents now deal with like all of the parent stuff and I get to support them and hang out and, you know, have these really interesting, lively conversations with these young human beings. Yeah. These are my favorite years, I mm-hmm. think, because I feel like they're really expressing themselves. They're both so unique and they view the world very differently. And, and they're really funny. I mean, they, they love to call me a little hippie and, you know, (laughs) they see all my meditation stuff and they start to get curious about what the hell he's been doing all these years. But yeah, they're, they're really cool kids. And like I said, I think it's my favorite time with them. I mean, they Mm -hmm. were great when they were kids. Don't get me wrong, but I just have a different relationship with them now. Mm-hmm. Were you guys always on the same page about parenting in terms of like rules and expectations and things like that in your home? Yeah, I think we have been on the same page. I definitely like going back to what we were talking about earlier. I had to let go of a lot of unrealistic expectations that were placed upon me as a child, thinking that's just how the world works, right? And and to see, like I said, to see Eddie allow them to be kids without these expectations that I thought were normal, but were really like so far beyond what a child should have to, to be put on a child. It was, yeah, I think once I started to see what childhood was really all about and what children needed, and he was so great at providing that for them. Yeah. I think we've always been on the same page, which is nice to have under, (laughs) under one roof. Yeah. I don't, I can't remember a time when we really we're on a different page with when it comes to the kids, which has been good. When I talk to you, it seems like you're someone who thinks before they speak. I <laughs> yeah, I do. And I think that that is a really good thing for a stepmom. <laughs> Cause I have Very always true. thought like you can see that you're like, okay, what is my response to this? I'm going to be very like intentional about what I'm saying. So just from like even having a conversation with you, I feel like that would be definitely working in your favor, right? If you can kind of take a step back and be like, Okay, what is this about? Yes, very much so. Probably something I learned along the way. Yeah. Definitely. What would Eddie say about me saying this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Definitely didn't have those skills when I was younger, but I like to sit back and observe a lot of the time. And I I am intentional with what I say and I I want to be direct and kind always. I'm not really one to to fly off the handle too much, which has been a really good thing in, you know, my relationship in a blended family. Yeah. I'm pretty even keeled, which is now, now I am. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hashtag therapy. (laughs) Yes. Hashtag thank you therapy. So good. Now your co-parenting relationship, you were talking on the interview that we did on your podcast. Now you guys Mm -hmm. have gone on like joint things together and, and, you know, have come a long way. Can you share a little bit about that and how you got to that point? Because I know there's so many stepmoms who are like, this could never happen for us, right? <laughs> I don't know how I got to that point, A. <laughs> it kind of evolved. I think it took time. I think it took people growing. And it ebbs and flows. I want to get that really straight. Like, yeah. 
not to put any, you know, and I think a lot of stepmoms and even moms, you know, in the situation, like put pressure on themselves to like, try to get to that place where everybody can be happy together. And we have moments where everybody's happy together. And we have moments where there's a lot of tension in the room. And so Mm -hmm. I just want, you know, to be really clear, it might look like it's easy, but a lot of the time it's not. And, you know, it just depends on the day. It depends on what part of my period I'm on, what part of her she's like, you know what I mean? It's like, if Eddie's moody, like sometimes the kids want to be around all of us. Sometimes the kids want nothing to do with us. Like everything's different on different days. So, Mm -hmm. and I think for me, I've just learned to allow the ebb and flow of human beings, learning to meet people where they are in that moment learning that I don't have to control everybody. I don't have to try to make everybody happy. I just have to show up. Mm-hmm. I just have to show up with the best of me. And I think that's all we can ask for anybody in the situation is just like show up with the best of you, show up truthful. And for me, I always show up with as much kindness as I can possibly muster, you know, at any moment and realize, you know, everybody's fighting their own inner battles. Mm-hmm. That's so true. It is true. Everybody's got their own battles going on. Everybody's got their own lens that they see this world through and try to be compassionate to that. But we have, I mean, we we try to do holidays together. We try to do the kids' birthdays together. And yeah, it, we we make it work. I do, we just have learned to make it work. And like I said, I t- think it took a lot of growth on everyone's part to be able to show up in that way. And I think, you know, it took for me, once again, I go back to that really knowing who I am and knowing what I want to bring to the table and then lovingly always as much as I can remaining in those intentions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, just showing up with an open heart. And like I said, it's not, it's not always easy. And I don't want anybody to think that it is because I know there's so many step moms out there that are just, you can't, I feel like you have to let that evolve naturally. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it won't. And don't feel bad that it doesn't. Yeah. Sometimes the healthiest relationship is no relationship at all. It is. It's so unique. Like all of our relationships and our situations, even though we share the fact that we're a stepmom, it's so unique. Mm-hmm. And I think we can't compare ourselves and and we have to do what's right for us. Even sometimes if that might look like the quote unquote wrong thing to someone else, you have to do what's right for you and your family. And it's different for all of us. I like what you're saying about the ebbs and flows because, you know, it's funny. I've written blog posts about us having wine together and, you know, doing right. joint things for graduations. And then there, I've written posts about how there's times when we like could walk into a hockey arena and not even speak or, you know, it really, right. it's true. It's very true. Right. And what's best in one moment may not be best in another moment for you know, where someone's at in their own healing, we're in their own journey, like anything that's going on, like there's so many contributing factors. And I do think, you know, yeah. you know, those like, um, it'd be like on scary mommy or all those viral posts, like the, the matching jerseys and, you know, the mom, stepmom, <laughs> like everyone's there and like everyone's best friends and like the TikToks and stuff. And I think they're great and they're beautiful and that's amazing, but there's gotta be something else happening there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. Are they lying to themselves? <laughs> like, <laughs> You know, there, there was this actually this blog that came out when I first started this and they were, they started it together as the mom and the ex-wife. 
they were like, yeah, we're best friends. And like, you know, and I think it maybe got too close. And then all of a sudden it was like, Mm. yeah, that's not right anymore. And I'm like, that's okay. There's no shame in that. Like relationships evolve and they change. And I think it's really important to just, you know, talk about that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I've, I'm still navigating is just because something has been one way doesn't mean that it necessarily has to be that way all the time. And sometimes boundaries are crossed. And when they're crossed, how do I set the boundary? But still like, you know, I know you mentioned earlier, it's like that disengaging without disconnecting. And how do I set the boundary without shutting off and there being a wall? Gosh, those are things that Eddie and I are still now learning how to navigate still to this day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a dance. It's a Mm -hmm. dance. And I'm not... I haven't figured that completely out. (laughs) What areas would you say boundaries have been like needed for you, for your own kind of mental space? Mm, That's a really good question. I think there has to be, you know, because for me, it's very unique. I think for our relationships, very unique because there is such a public piece of us and there are times I think I wish that our lives together and as a blended family could be ours. Now, last question for you. When you look back on your experience as a stepmom, and you've probably touched on it a little bit, but I, I want to make sure I ask, what has been the biggest lesson for you? And you know, we've both said over our conversations in different times, you know, when we are triggered by something, it's kind of this invitation to heal something, right? Like what, what is this mm-hmm. actually about? What has been the biggest thing for you as a stepmom? Hmm. Wow. There's so many. I think it's really been this beautiful invitation to get to know myself and to also love when I do feel like the outsider. I think that outsider piece has been a really big thing for me to give myself what I need and to love myself. And there have been moments when Eddie has to be there for the kids and I can feel like I take, you know, this kind of back seat and I've learned to give myself what I need. It's been interesting because it's sometimes it's almost like you feel, you can feel like you're single (laughs) and not at the same time like you feel like you're very much attached and then also feel like you're single and because I've never really had a a single life and so it's been this kind of beautiful dance for me of almost getting a taste of it in that when I do feel like the outsider when Eddie and when the kids have to be his first priority I've had to learn to love me and support me and nourish me and that's been a beautiful beautiful lesson I mean, there's so many, but I think like, you know, to circle back around to that piece we talked about of feeling like the outsider, I've had to learn to give myself that love and attention and that belonging. Like Mm -hmm. I belong to me and also them, but first to me. And I'm still learning that I'm, I'm, I'm there, but I'm. I'm solidifying that even more with where I'm at in my life at this moment. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I think that's going to be a really powerful for stepmoms in that space to hear, because when you don't give yourself that love, you can find yourself in a a place of resentment 
and, you mm-hmm. know, putting up those walls and that just kind of snowballs and makes things worse. Yeah, that's so true. And I was there at one point early on mm-hmm. because it, here you are entering this relationship where most, if you're in a, you know, a new relationship, a new marriage with no children, there's no, you know, no one else is attached. It is about you and it is about the two of you. And when we enter these blended families, like we don't necessarily get that. And Mm -hmm. so there can be a lot of resentment there until we learn, until we learn the dance, until we learn how to self self source. And until, until we can see, I think for me that, like I said, I've mentioned throughout this, that that can also be a gift. Like that Mm -hmm. can also be a gift to get to know you, to give your own self love. Yeah. To not always have to be involved. Mm-hmm. Like there can be such a beautiful gift in that too. So maybe that's my reframe. Yeah, <laughs> and some days it is a beautiful really gift to not have to be involved. <laughs> yeah, some days it is. I mean, let's just be honest. Yeah. I mean, I I joke. People ask me if I'm going to have kids. I'm like, you know, this has been the greatest thing ever. We have them, and then I get to give them back. Like, yeah, this has been amazing. Like, why would I want? Why would I want to change that? I but, know, um, I know. No, but it's true. There is some truth for stepmoms. If we can, if we can find the beauty and, and in that, yeah, it doesn't always have to be so heavy. Mm-hmm. There can be Very some lightness true. and and some gifts on the other side of things that have been heavy. Mm-hmm. So good. Okay, what do you got going on now? What do you What, what are you I up to over on? there? Yeah, give oh, everyone an update. I, um, yeah, no, I I just released an album in September, so I've been doing album stuff and going on tour. And Eddie and I are actually about to shoot a movie together, so I'm very excited about that. And yeah, so just over here creating, doing fun things. Doing your thing. Lots going on. I love the yeah. album. It's so good. Well, thank, thank you, you so much for this. You know, th- yeah, this is such a this guest. This is so fun. Yeah, I don't I don't ever get to talk about this side of my world very often. So yeah, it's always there's always something to talk about. There's always something. <laughs> so good. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's it for this one. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone who you think it would resonate with. And if you haven't already, if you could take a couple minutes, head to iTunes and give this podcast a rating and a review. It would mean the world to me, but only if you like the episode though. If you don't, that's cool. Just remember what they say. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Now, if you are a stepmom craving more, I highly recommend joining my membership, the exclusive stepmom community. Members get access to additional podcast episodes, interviews, and coaching sessions, and live Q&As, and just exclusive next-level content and conversation that I don't share anywhere else. Have an issue or a stressor that you'd like my support with? Just bring it to the Ask Jamie section of the forum. I check in throughout the week, and I'm here to help you out. To get more information or to join, head to www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership, and I'll see you in there.